1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Let's check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Oh, thank you, Neil. As
0: usual, delighted to be
1: talking to you.
0: And a myriad of issues that are just overwhelming, the news headlines oh. right now, but one that's not getting a lot of attention. Let's start with this one. Uh, church unity must not be at the expense of one man, one woman marriage. A big issue that's brewing in the Anglican Communion, especially in the UK. Thoughts here on things that are developing?
1: Yeah, thank you. Neil. Look, the the 50th International Gathering of Bishops um, from across the uh, Anglican Communion actually started yesterday and will go till the 8th of August uh, at the University of Kent. Now, the reason I raise this issue is because it's critical, Neil, that we don't end up like we did a few about a month ago here in Australia where the Anglican um, Church met. And in actual fact, the bishops there rejected uh, a vote of 12 to 10 the actual adoption of the biblical view of marriage, in the sense that it is between a man and a woman. Now, the, now what's happening at the communion, at uh, the Anglican communion, is there are a number of bishops, particularly the African ones, are getting up and saying, "Listen, let's make sure that we uphold the actual biblical view on marriage and sexuality, and not succumb to the to the woke ide- ideology of." Western societies. So, Neil, this will be a very, very interesting uh, meeting of the Anglican Communion, and uh, it's one that we really need to pray about now.
0: Uh, Greg, how do we zero in on this definition? And I know that in the Anglican Communion, they've got some pretty beautifully worded ways of talking about uh, this union between a man and a woman, a marriage. Uh, what can you give us here as some insights into, because this actually does reflect a biblical position on these things.
1: Absolutely. Look, I had a look at what the actual Anglican Communion's stated position is, and it reads, Neil, as follows, that it upholds faithfulness in marriage between a man and a woman in lifelong union and believes that the abstinence is right for those who are not called to marriage. In other words, it tells you that, you know, we must abide by the authority of Scripture, the uniqueness of Christ, and the definition and understanding of human sexuality. And we don't need to, you know, we don't need to fall victim of woke ideology, which I suspect will be introduced at the Anglican Communion meeting as we speak now, Now,
0: <clears throat> Interesting, isn't it? The biblical foundations are never going to change. Uh, no one can no. change those. They are in place. They've been there for uh, now uh, close on a couple of thousand years. So the church has to stand firm here, and Mm. we see this wavering, but the church can't deal with the brokenness of the world if itself is broken, doesn't have a foundation to stand on. So those foundations are pretty important, Greg.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, Neil, and so do I, that um, biblically, you know, a church divided cannot stand. And it's biblical, it's made clear, and that's what's going to happen unless the church decides to actually follow scripture as it's meant to be, instead of trying to appease the, the, the left-wing woke ideology that's being sprouted around, not only in the secular society, but within our churches now. <laughs> and uh, what
0: happens, do you think, Greg, if the church ignores these foundations and moves off on a sort of a secular tangent and just goes along with the flow? What, what do you think happens?
1: Well, funny you should mention that, Neil, because I'm actually doing an article on this because I think what will happen is that the church as we know it, Neil, will end up becoming another place where people just meet and talk about how you're going on, what's happening. Oh, yes, my daughter's, you know, decided to transgender today. Oh, yes, look, I've decided as a male I'm going to wear a dress. It's going to lose the essence of what, the biblical church is meant to be and don't forget you know what it's going to do is I believe that when one or two people get together there I will be also and I can see a real growth in home churches now. if the church itself the broader church doesn't come to accept biblical scripture
0: <laughs> challenging times ahead for Anglicans in Australia because of what's happening throughout the western world and potential for splits and as you say Greg uh the lot those sorts of home gatherings are going to be on the increase because people will feel mm. feel it's a difficult thing to connect with the church but there's a thought that unless there is revival and we're talking about yep. something spiritual and powerful that yep. happens in the lives of people uh, unless there is revival then uh, you're in for these sorts of uh, divergent ideas
1: absolutely and you see and that's what's happening Neil. the 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 left Woke ideology, and I'm sorry to keep using that phrase, but that's what it is, are chipping away and they're now getting to our churches, they're getting to our congregations, but we need to uphold the faith. And I think that's the message I want to get across today. Uphold your faith at all costs. And remember, we will be persecuted for our beliefs, but we are Christians. Let's make sure that we uphold the faith and not succumb to this woke ideology that's being you know, spread within the church and within society generally.
0: <clears throat> well, some more on that uh, woke ideology and mm-hmm. the way it's out working in the headlines today, uh, but uh, just to touch yeah. on something a little bit different here, the uh, voluntary assisted dying conscience vote uh, on the ACT and the Northern Territories push for assisted dying laws. Uh, what are your thoughts around those developments that are happening, Greg?
1: Yeah, very quickly. Now, look, what's happening is, as you know, Parliament started this week. I'm talking about the Federal Parliament... Um, and congratulations to both the uh, Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition for attending a church service. I think that's critical, despite the fact that the Leader of the Senate today has called for you know, get doing away with prayers, which is absolutely unheard of. But again, you would think that they'd have more to talk about than getting rid of prayers. We've got you know, inflation, unemployment, we've got all sorts of issues, and all they can think about is getting rid of prayers. But what I want to say here is that we want, we've got to make sure, and I've got to congratulate Labor here, you know, which I'm, I'm not usually doing, but they have allowed for a conscience vote to be had when the debate and the bill comes forward regarding allowing the territories, that is ACT and Northern Territory, to vote itself on whether they want to have voluntary assisted dying or not. I call it force been dying actually now so what we've got to do here is pray and make sure that we put pressure on those territory representatives I've, I've written to every one of those representatives saying make sure you commit to your conscience and vote according to your conscience not along party platform lines Neil.
0: Uh, You've been doing a little travelling, touring around, meeting with various church and mission communities uh, in the outback of recent times, uh, connecting with Indigenous communities. Uh, What did you pick up from Indigenous communities in particular? So if we're talking about the Northern Territory and uh, probably less so the ACT, but uh, Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory, what's their perception of what's going on around the voluntary assisted dying euthanasia?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Neil, because you see, what I found out, in, in and funny how God works in mysterious ways, here I am out in the outback, so to speak, I'm talking to Indigenous um, uh, Christians, I'm talking to Indigenous people, and you know what, they are totally opposed to voluntary assisted dying, or as I said, forced assisted dying, because it is for them not culturally acceptable and why are we doing this you know you've got all these left-wing politicians saying oh yes you know we we consider everybody and you know we're all inclusive and what have you yet they're excluding a major proportion of the of, of the of the population in terms of cultural aspects the indigenous community by actually doing what they don't believe in so you know they're quite contradictory in their own views so um you know i just Keep saying to the politicians, the Indigenous community opposed to, to it. As are Christians. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you cannot agree with forced, persistent dying. Now, okay, let's
0: move on. Uh, come back to the NRL controversy, uh, the Pride uh, jersey uh, discrimination, yeah. uh, seven players that you have now called the magnificent seven. A little bit of an honour for those seven players who have been strong enough to stand up against uh, this rainbow push uh, from the uh, Manly Football Club. Uh, What are your thoughts on the developments there?
1: Oh, look, Neil, the whole thing's a fiasco, absolute fiasco. I've called them the Magnificent Seven for those that are old enough to remember this wonderful movie. You know, that was the Magnificent Seven who actually went out and fought evil. This is a TV movie. If you've not seen it, go and see it. And this is what our Magnificent Seven are doing. They are fighting against woke ideology because they're trying to mandate them wearing a shirt or a symbol that's totally opposed to their faith. Now, this is the height of hypocrisy. But not only that, you know. These Christians are saying, we just don't believe in it. We don't want to engage in in, in sexuality you know this is this is about rugby it's not about sexuality and and as far as i'm you know concerned this is the height of virtue signaling nil and you know if the nRL and the and and the manly seagulls were really concerned about you know um suicide and people being affected by a persecution or what have you why don't they have jerseys for the homeless for for the abuse of women? for gambling, for Christian person, I mean, why don't they really step up? Instead, all they're trying to do is grandstand nil and trying to make themselves look holier than now. So I'm totally opposed to it. And we've written to the Manly uh, Board of Directors saying, this is ridiculous. Have some common sense.
0: (laughs) And so your Magnificent Seven, uh, you're calling them new ambassadors for common sense for mainstream Australia. I imagine there's a a hope and perhaps a prayer that they might be able to stand up under the pressure they'll be under.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. As you know, they've been prohibited from attending the match tonight. Uh, you know, this is they're saying because of the you know police protection and what have you. But the police did not stop them. It's the actual manly um, seagulls that have stopped them attending, along with the NRL, which is absolutely atrocious. Here they are talking about inclus- inclusivity, and in point of fact, they're excluding. A, a group of Christians. So really, uh, you know, I said this, I was, I was interviewed on Channel 10 News on, uh, the other day, Neil, and I said the same point. Why are we mandating the wearing of symbols for people that are opposed to it by their faith, not to mention their own cultural heritage? So, Neil, really, this is a really, really dangerous precedent. And as you know, last week we spoke about the NBL. Same thing, let's have sport on Sunday. Let's make sure the Christians can't celebrate the birth of Jesus or, or, you know, whatever it might be. So, Neil, we've got to take action and we've got to make our voice heard.
0: <clears throat> and uh, for listeners, Greg, just in case there's anybody who's under the perception that somehow or other there's not a tsunami of this woke agenda that's happening, another big issue, uh, there's a plan to light up Melbourne's Shrine of Remembrance in Rainbow Colours, uh, to honour LGBTQI servicemen and women, uh, any thoughts here on what's been going on and uh, the plans in Victoria?
1: Oh, absolutely, Neil. Look, I have to tell you, I am totally offended. Not just as a Christian, but as a as a brother of a Vietnam vet who's now passed away. You know, Neil, I would love, um, I would love the Christian cross to be projected onto the Shrine of Remembrance. In, in recognition of all the Christians who gave their life, but they gave their life for guess what Neil, the freedom of speech, not for rainbow ideology. you know what we 're seeing here is a a hijacking of something that is meant to be very, very close to people that have served in the armed forces, and the shrine is now being hijacked to actually promote sexuality and political uh, purposes. Neil, this is wrong. And uh, we've got to make our voice heard again because every Australian should be up in arms and in the street saying, stop this nonsense of woke ideology. Let's get back to what it's meant to be. Shrine is for the remembrance of armed services. Football is for playing the game, not the man. Let's make sure that we get back to basic Judeo-Christian ethics and, and, and live our lives as the way we're meant to now. Mm-hmm. Well, a
0: shrine that is there to the Anzacs uh, needs to be above politics. From time mm. to time, there is all sorts of controversy when someone decides that they want to use it for a commercial purpose uh, or for political purposes, and this is undoubtedly a political mm. purpose. This is a political debate. And so uh, it needs Surely. to be protected. The shrine should be above politics and political debate. And just to, yeah. just doubling back, you mentioned yeah. something very significant uh, just earlier in our conversation, and that is the push from the new president in the Senate uh, to, mm. uh, to remove prayers uh, from the parliament. Yeah. Uh, this comes up from time to time. Uh, you could even include this in a woke move that seems to be trying to engulf... The traditions of the nation as well, because the tradition is that the parliament opens in prayer. Uh, this is oh. another one of those attacks on a Judeo Christian foundation in Australia.
1: Absolutely, Neil. Look, I have to tell you, now, when I was a deputy mayor of my local council here some years ago, I tried to introduce prayer into the council meetings, you know, because the purpose of having prayer in parliament, Neil, is not, apart from the fact that it, it, it really is part of our Judeo-Christian heritage. The purpose of prayer is also, Neil, to make sure that the debate, the conversations that Parliament has start off on a, on a civil note where people are, you know, are quite respectful of each other's views. So the prayer is meant to set the tone and the mood of debate. And some because some senator is, happens to be an atheist, well, I'm going to write to her and say, Dear Senator Atheist, I am going to pray for you every day, because that'll that'll really make you feel wanted. But the point I'm trying to say here is, atheist fine, but don't try to impose. And this is only for popularity, and it's only to try and get your profile up, to try and get rid of prayers in Parliament. It's not on, Neil. It's just absolutely not on. And it's another go it's at, at, at another attempt at having Christianity undermined here in Australia.
0: You know, I couldn't help uh, but notice when I was reading an article about this and uh, the new president in the Senate, uh, Mm. when saying that she wants prayers to be removed because she's an atheist, uh, then goes on to say that she wants to be harder and uh, promote a more civil, uh, friendly debate in the Senate. (laughs) I couldn't help but think, Greg, and we might have to end on this now, I couldn't help but think that some of the words in the Lord's Prayer that are spoken, forgive us our trespasses." as we forgive yeah. those who trespass against us so as you say yeah. the uh, the sentiments in that prayer create and promote civility in debate and yeah, the right. and the way that harmonious parliaments can work that is really a foundation and and uh, you know to yeah. to have that prayer there and then for the hypocrisy of the uh, the new president of the senate to say that she wants to promote all of these things but she wants to get rid of the prayer that's just <laughs> a that's just crazy
1: Hey. absolutely neil absolutely
0: one quick thing what have you got coming up yep. uh, i always ask you uh, any special events and things coming up
1: yeah look we're, we're we're looking at a couple of new events coming up then they'll be i'll give you some dates later but we're looking at a couple maybe on the family and also a couple of the woke events that are happening around australia at the moment so there'll be some interesting things coming up keep an eye out on our website and uh, as usual Just go
0: to familyvoice.org.au. Familyvoice.org.au. And uh, just to mention too, Greg's new book, Silencing of the Lambs, Wokeism and Cancel Culture's Attack on Christianity in Australia. There's a whole lot of contributors there. Greg Bondar is the editor. You can get that through the Vision store, uh, vision.org.au. Greg Bondar. Family Voice Australia, State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil, and every blessing. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.